I'm recording. Welcome to episode 45. 45. 45. 45. Of Auto Off Topic. I am Brad. And I'm your other host, Andrew. And we'll go right into corrections. We will. Last week was not episode 43. It was episode 44. So... I gave him the wrong one. I feel if you go back and listen to the beginning of the episode, I may have questioned Andrew on what episode number it was because it didn't seem right. And he told me I was wrong, but I went along with it. And next thing you know, he makes me wrong. Nope. So it was 45. And this is 45. 45. Which that doesn't come through the same. 45. Yeah. That that stupid Shinedown song is too old now, so it isn't uh, the same anymore. I still do it all the time, though. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so what's on the docket for tonight, Andrew? I know we don't have a guest. Nope, just uh, us. So it's just us, old school style. So, um, so we did corrections. We did do corrections. Uh, project car updates. Now it's time for politics. I mean project car updates. Yeah. Yes. So what do you got? Uh, I got the tires mounted on the Montero. 33s. 31s. Sorry, 31s. Yeah. Okay. You have to do like a little bit of lift for... 33s. But they were like 29s from your other truck on there before. Yeah, which they, they look perfect on the 89, mm-hmm. but they look undersized on the 99. Right, the wheel wells are just so much bigger. Probably probably. Lift the mic up for some reason. Drooped down. Oops. The wheel wells are probably just so much bigger on the later model. Yep. So it looks really good because I also put it on those wheels that I was talking about buying many months ago from Japan. They've been sitting in the basement. They have. They look much better on the car than sitting next to this table. No, they were they were guests on this podcast many times, almost since day one. Actually, yeah, I think. Yeah, but yeah, no, they look much better on the car. And there are the early second gen wheels that aren't very common to begin with on the later second gen truck. I don't think I've ever seen a set of. Them I don't on think a I've, U.S. truck. Even I, early, even I've seen early pictures of ones on early trucks with the flares, like early SRs. Okay. But I haven't seen one with my combo yet, so first. Uh, I will search that and prove that you're at least second at some point, I'm sure. Fine. But, no, it's first I've seen, so, yeah, I'll go along with it. It's a really good-looking But they're setup. 31 by 10 and a half on 15s, so they look... Are those 15s or 16s? Those are 15s. Oh, wow. you got a ton of sidewall. There's a lot of sidewall. It looks yeah. really good. Yeah. It, easily an inch, inch and a half lift just from the tires. Yeah, the truck looks a lot more truck-like. Yeah. yeah it doesn't look like soccer mobile anymore. It looks no. more purposeful now. Yeah. So. And I got the matching spare, so I haven't got my spare tire cover yet. But Is there a spare on the truck? Yep. I didn't even notice. I got one that says uh, Super Select 4 drive. Okay, so the, the straight line across the middle of it? Yeah. Okay, that's a cool one. That's like the Japanese-style one. Yeah, so... I like that one. That should look cool. You can get the one that says, like, the pleasure of all-wheel drive driving. No, it does. To it, the says, it says, uh, <laughs> bread for the rally stage or, like, born for the enjoyment of life or something. Okay, I like Some it. Some weird things. So. Some like, yeah, weird that's cool. translation, probably, yeah. from something that was said in Japanese didn't quite come over correctly. So uh, that'll be good. And then on this truck, I will rotate in the spare every other oil change, too, so I don't have a brand-new spare sitting in the back of the truck and then worn down tires. Yeah, that's like, a good idea. Like I did with the 89. but So I got to put the wheels back on the 89. Uh, again, that truck is for sale. It is for sale. So Maybe if Andrew's nice enough, he'll let me use it this weekend. Uh, if you want to swap the wheels over to it. Yeah. Depends on if we get my truck done or not. Yeah. But you're welcome to it. Been a lot of other stuff going on. Put a so for sale sign on it. 
haven't had a chance uh, to get the stupid valve seals done in my truck yet, so stupid real-life drama. Yeah, whatever. Ruining everything. Uh, you'll get it done, I'm sure. I still haven't... Uh, I mean, I would like to have everything done this weekend to go. At least I got the truck aligned and new mm-hmm. tires on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a CB. It's sitting over in the chair. I'd like to install it. Okay. That shouldn't. That's literally just running power. I don't care about running the antenna cable under the carpet. I'll just run it up. Throw it on the roof for now. Well, no, throw it to the back. I'll just run it through the back of the truck and then yep. use my same mount I had on the 89. Worry about tucking it up later. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a matter of powering it, which I'm going to splice into the... There's a, a cigarette lighter in the front console there. I'll splice into it. Just mm-hmm. put a double, double thing on it for two plugs. Or just splice into the power line itself. I'll just splice into the power line for it. Uh, you know, on my 88... If, if, if I'm going to run my ham radio, that actually has to be direct to battery for a ham radio. Okay. Because I know on my 88, I spliced into that power um, when I was putting my radio in the car. Yeah. Um, and it didn't like it. It kept blowing fuses every time I turned the radio on. So double check the load on that before you do it. It's probably, sure. fi- it's probably a 15 amp fuse. So. Yeah, I, I don't remember what it was, it was a while ago now, but I know that when I was using that for a power lead, it became an issue and kept blowing the fuse for the cigarette lighter. So nothing would work because the radio would go out, that would go out. And it was kind of a pain in the butt. It wasn't the inline fuse. It was the fuse in the truck. No, but I was just looking at these. These only have a 2 amp inline and a 1 amp inline fuse. So That's not very much really? at all. That's good, though. It protects. So a 15 you know. amp is fine. Okay. At the... 15 amp from the cigarette lighter should be fine. More than likely. As long as I'm not powering, like, something really strong off the... No, I don't think I ever was either. It was just lighter. It could, not even plugging anything into the cigarette lighter. It was just plugging the power from the radio into there. Actually, I actually have to check that no cigarette harness, lighter. So I had to build the harness. Because it doesn't work, so... Yeah, you should probably find out why it doesn't have power before you try to power something with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's easy. You just check for power at the connector, and then if it's not, then it's the socket. Like No, it's, it's true. Two seconds of the multimeter. Whatever. Excellent. That was Andrew and I taking a sip at the I same don't, time. Yeah, shoot. I didn't bring the bottle of beer down, so I've, it's some nut brown. Stone, I think it's stone brewing. You said it's nut. A, yeah, but it's a nut brown. It's not quite dark, dark, but it's, it's brown. It's delicious. It's chocolatey. Coffee-ish. We'll have to tell you what it is later on because it's delicious. Yeah, so we've got some beer tonight. Um, I did get some fresh coffee from Beeline Coffee. I've been enjoying that in the morning. Um. I'll probably have that next time. More than likely, actually, our next episode is hopefully going to be a remote. Uh, yeah, we'd like to do it from uh, MOD or yeah. after MOD. MOD, the MOD Montero after party. Yeah. The super secret Montero convention, I guess. Yes. Not super secret if you join the Northeast Mitsubishi Forum on Facebook. Yep. So I think that's, that's all I've really done is been playing with that 99 Montero. Haven't done much else to my other cars. Excellent. I, um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, um, no, we, Joe's, our buddy Joe's the Forester. Oh, the Forester, we did the we valves in. fixed the check engine light because we figured out through testing that the tumbler valve sensor was bad. So Joe got an OEM used one off eBay and it instantly fixed it. Almost instantly. So that's cool. And then we put the GoPro under the car to find the vibration. And it's a bad transmission mount. It's just, like, wobbling all around. Yeah, you can really see it in the video more than I expected as well. Oh, yeah. The transmission and subsequently the drive shaft, you can actually watch 
the vibration in that video, which how is the video so clear under the car? The GoPro just that good in low light? Yeah. Wow, it was pretty amazing. It's just a Hero 3, and then what you do is you just point the GoPro at the darkest point, and it metered off of that. And yeah, no, it, it's it not super, super clear. If you put a light, it looked a lot better. It's but pretty clear considering it was magneted to the bottom of the car while the car was driving down the road. Yeah. I mean, there's no light, there's no light source of light in the bottom of the car. Yeah, it's so. just reflecting off the pavement and under the car. Yeah, no, so. I was I was impressed with how it looked. So, actually, you put that link up on the Ottawa Topic page? or Yeah. So, it's actually a good way to diagnose vibrations. And then I tested it under the Montero mm-hmm. just to see what it looked like. So it would be cool off-road to, like, stick a GoPro underneath the truck. Watch what... the suspension articulation and whatnot. Yep. So it's a big flat magnet that goes on a flat surface? Yes. And looking at it, I probably could have made it, but uh, it was easier just to buy it so to track down the parts and then make it. Right. Um, just basically a magnet with a GoPro mount on it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 65-pound magnet. So whatever they they won this time, but now I know your secrets, yeah. And no, uh, I'll make one again. I'll make one next time for the second GoPro I have. But whatever. Plus, it doesn't have a. It's like comes with a pad, and then the pad wasn't like glued to it at all. Like the felt pad. If you want to put it on the body of the car, it's not glued to it. So it's you like, have to oh, put the okay. pad down first, and then put the thing on top of the pad. Yeah, I was like, so. Well, that's like if you ever had a car towed on a like a tow truck, and they put those magnet stoplights in the trunk. Yeah. They don't have pads on those either. The tow driver is supposed to, not that, not that they all do, uh, put like a rag down first and then put the magnet through the rag so it doesn't scratch the paint in the car. Uh, yeah, sure. Right. I had to yell at a tow driver once and he was towing my mom's Cadillac back in like 98 because <laughs> he just slapped the things in the trunk. And I was like, no, my mom's going to kill me. I broke her car and you scratched the trunk. <laughs> so that was uh, not fun, but same same kind of setup. Whatever. Uh, I have no Project Car updates again this week. Um, people are going to stop listening because I haven't touched cars in a while. Um, I'm going to have to get back into the habit of it. Mm. Um, and I've been saying it now for the past two weeks that I'm going to do those valve seals. We're now down to two days until we leave for the trip and I haven't done them. So hopefully I'll do them tomorrow. And if I don't, then like I said, maybe I'll task the 89 into into going for a drive. Just go put the wheels on it and check the check the radiator. radiator. <laughs> keep it keep it keep it topped off. So coolant gauge works, right? Yeah, yeah. So it should be fine. That's making me a little nervous with mine too because the coolant gauge still doesn't work, and I haven't done a long drive in it yet. Oh. So if I do wind up taking it, I'll probably just run a, just a wire from the factory coolant temp sensor to just an electronic aftermarket gauge tucked on the dashboard or something for now. Yeah, just because I don't want to run it blind all the way to New Jersey from Boston and overheat it and blow it up again for the, the like, hundredth time. Well, worst case, early Saturday morning, just jump in with me. I kind of want... I haven't done it on my own truck four-wheel drive trip for a while, and I know the 89's not mine, but I just... I don't know. I'm tired of riding as a passenger on, these, right. on these excursions. Well, and I'm going as a passenger on the um, Vermont Overland Rally, so... I'm like, there may not be another big trip between now and then, so I just kind of want to, I want to drive. You know, I did it in my truck, my pickup truck, on the Vermont trip we did a couple weeks ago, and I caught the bug real bad. Yeah. Um, Even though that truck wasn't very good, because it's not designed for that kind of stuff. So I still caught the bug, and I just kind of want to continue to do it, and hopefully we get my truck done tomorrow. All depends on my work schedule and everything else, so... We shall see. So hopefully they will be again, like I promised last week, 
a project car update next time when I talk on this podcast. So mm-hmm. hopefully be more than one, actually, because I actually have plans to work on a Sapporo pretty soon, too. So hopefully. Um, we did buy parts for the 99. Actually, I bought a transmission filter. I do want to change that. And a mm-hmm. fuel filter. Just catching up with maintenance stuff that wasn't uh, wasn't high priority, but it wasn't um, the truck was running all right, so I didn't bother with it. But I'll take care of that. That's about it. Uh, I have a minor scale project car update. Didn't actually work on anything, but I had a pretty cool score today, which I'll take a picture of and put on our Instagram page. Um, for our, we haven't done a scale project car thing in a long time. Nope, because it's um, summertime. It's summertime, exactly. But I uh, took a stop into my local hobby shop today. Um, I'm friends with the owner, or not the owner, but one of the guys that works there, and just stopped in just to chat. And um, not only do they do the model cars and RC cars and stuff we're into, but they have a train section as well. Um, and the guy who runs the train section had just purchased a big HO layout from somebody. So it came with all of the decoration cars that he had in his HO layout in his house for probably many, many years. Um, I won't tell you what I paid for these because people will be angry at me. Um, But I managed to pick up, I don't know, Andrew, how familiar you are with it, but in the late 60s and early 70s, Matchbox did a series called King Size, Mm -hmm. which were, they were trucks that were sized so they were scaled with the Matchbox cars. So if you had the king-size Matchbox truck and you played with it as a kid with your Matchbox car, it looked to scale. So they had a mat- and that was like 1968 or 69 um, Matchbox king-size car hauler complete just sitting there. So obviously I had to purchase that, and then I was going through all of the other ones. And there were some interesting things. There was uh, the brand Play Art had a Honda Z600. And there was an original Matchbox uh, BMW CSL and a Tomica Jaguar XJ. But the two coolest things I found were two, I don't want to call them mint, but I call them near mint, original Redline Hot Wheels cars. Yep. Uh, from 1968, the first year of Hot Wheels cars. A deep metallic green 57 Thunderbird Roadster with actually is a pretty cool setup they had because they had like a cut down windshield and rally lights in the grill and. It had like a little rollover hump behind the driver, um, and a like an aqua blue 1968 Firebird convertible, which yep. I've never actually even seen this particular one, but I've seen pictures of it. So I bought the whole lot for way less than any one of them should have been worth. So <laughs> I did very well, um, but it's kind of cool sometimes to find these weird old collections of things that mm-hmm. you know get bought out, and you know I I almost feel bad having bought them, but if I didn't buy them, somebody else would have. Yep. You know, and I told him that I told him what they were, but he's like, eh, whatever. It's, it is what it is. So I feel I did my part in trying to not screw somebody over. Yeah. <laughs> but I got a pretty, uh, a pretty decent, you know, addition to my collection today for, you know, price of a decent lunch somewhere. So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good day today for me as far as, uh, scale cars go. I don't know what I'm going to do with them, but I'll find somewhere to display them. I have enough vintage diecast now to kind of, make a collection somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty sweet. But uh, that's the only thing I've done as far as scale project cars go. I haven't actually worked on any plastic models because, you know, it's summertime and we don't really do that stuff in the summertime. Yeah. That'll build back up, you know, a couple of months from now. So In the cold, dark days of, of winter. New England winter, yes. 
but we uh, are jealous of all of our other podcast friends who live in the West Coast because it's Car Week. Um, and Andrew and I are starting to low-key plan our trip to Car Week next year. <laughs> um, we've missed it every year for our entire lives, and we're done missing it. So you uh, agree with that, Andrew? We're definitely uh, going to try to make an effort next year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for responding versus shaking your head like you were a second ago. <laughs> no, I I was listening. I was just getting our listener questions all set. We did ask listener to. questions, but we did not ask them until like 4 o'clock this afternoon pretty much. So yeah, we still got some. We don't have a ton, but we do have a few. Um, we did have a different plan for a night that fell through. Not a big deal. We'll get back to that plan some other time. Um, so we did have a late listener question asking today, but thank you for all the listeners who did chime in in the last minute and give us some good questions. So uh, where do you want to start, Andrew? Do you want to have the Instagram up, or do you have Facebook up? Or would you like to uh, I was trying to go to the Facebook page. All right, why don't I start on the Instagram page, then, while you look that up. Mm-hmm. All right, so on Instagram, um, Andrew put up a picture of Don Taylor's tow rig for his rally car. Don Taylor runs an Eagle Talon. Yes. Uh, a really, really clean Eagle Talon. It's a really nice race car. So the first question was from uh, former guest, uh, Mr. Grabau. Oh, sorry. That's, that, no. that, nope, I lied. That's his brother. Yeah, that's Nick. <laughs> that's Nick Grabau. Uh, he says, are you interviewing Don Taylor? Um, we're not. Obviously, he's not here. We haven't even talked to him about it. We just thought it was a cool picture of his tow rig. Mm-hmm. Um, but would be a pretty cool get if we could uh, give Don, get in touch with Don and uh, see if he wanted to come on sometime. He's fairly local. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, you know, he don't want to call in or come in, but that would be a. He's got a lot of stories. I bet he's been doing it for some time. Mm-hmm. So he probably has some. I don't know when his first event was, but I know he's been around since at least since we've been spectating events. So, um, next question is throttled by cable. The Smithsonian has commissioned you to create an exhibit out of automobiles as art. You have to choose one race competition car, one truck SUV, and. One stock unmodified road car. What do you display? That's pretty tough. That's a really tough question. Because the go-to for the race car is probably, like, the easy go-to is the Warhol M1, right? No. No? Why is that an easy go-to? Because it's an actual art car. Yeah, but there's a lot of actual art cars for BMW. Uh, To me, the, the Warhol M1 is probably the most famous and the most iconic one. Okay, but it says the car, the automobile as art, not, I mean, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, but, but it's a race car. There's also an art car. So that's like the, that's the easy way out. That's, so. See, I would go something that the car itself makes an impact versus the paint job on the car. Okay. Um, so it had to be something, um, you know, it, it's easy to come out and say, you know, a German 50s race car or like an SLR or something like that. Um, but I think I would go American with like an old Cunningham, like a C5 Cunningham. Okay. It's kind of a cool looking car. It kind of bridges the gap between an open wheeled car and a closed wheeled car. Um, it kind of, from like the 1930s when they first went closed wheel, like late 30s, and through the early 60s, the cars kind of had a look. Um, and I think that car really kind of defines that look, to me, anyway. That's where mm-hmm. I would go with the race car. Um, one truck SUV. What do you put? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of this like 
there's where now displaying this car for art because why are we displaying it for art? Is it like the future when there are no more cars? <laughs> like what what are we No, it's just to just for now? Yeah. So what's one truck SUV you would display? What's that's, like something uh, iconic or that's like truly kinda pretty? I mean I I'd, I'd I'd love to say a Montero, but that's not the answer. No, no, no. Um it's gotta be something from the fifties. Like a cameo. Yeah, fifty five Chevy cameo pickup. The first like fleet side pickup. Yeah, I'd say that. Or weren't there some internationals that were kind of rounded? The, the Studebaker truck had really big, bulbous round that's, fenders. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was a really pretty I don't truck. know early 50s trucks, but it was... Yeah. I think it was like 48-ish when that truck came out. I, I, I could be completely butchering that date. Um, but the Studebaker truck had really big round fenders on it. It was a really pretty truck. Um, all right, so I'm going with the Cameo. You're going with the Studebaker. Yep. All right. And... Oh, well, I didn't finish my... Oh, okay. Race car as art. Okay. Uh, not uh, the M one is not your answer now. No, no, no. I said that's the easy answer. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to go with the easy what's answer. The actual answer. Uh, the two fifty TR. Oh, the Ferrari. Yes. The first Testarossa. Yes. That to me is one of the most beautiful cars ever made. It is, and that goes right along with the same general style. Obviously, a prettier. I think it's probably prettier than the Cunningham, but it's that same like really rounded fenders. Kind of blurs the line between the between the separate fender versus like a body fender. It was the we don't we think aerodynamics does something we don't quite understand it, but if we round yeah. off the edges, we'll make it round and something will happen. Yes, yeah, that's that's true. And eventually that caught up and bit everybody in the butt when they were just flying off the track all the time. Yeah, you know, Mercedes in 1955 and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, all right, that's a good answer. So the TR, so you're mm-hmm. the old TR. I'm with the Cunningham. Yep. So I went a little more obscure on that one, and then you went a little more obscure on the truck one with the Studebaker pickup. So, yes. Um, unmodified stock road car. What's the prettiest street car ever made? Very objective question. And maybe not the prettiest. Maybe just something you something you think most people would enjoy. Because I might think that, you know, a 1980 Dodge Colt is the prettiest street car ever made. Obviously, I'm wrong. But something that most people would enjoy. Ooh. Um... I don't want to go like, like um, like a a supercar is like too obvious. So most beautiful street car ever made? Yeah, I, I think I think supercar should be out because it's, that kind of goes back to race car. I mean, it's not it's not a race car, it's a street car, but I don't know. I just don't care about supercars. Um, most beautiful street car. I actually like a. Um, Man, let's see. It's tough because I'm trying not to go with my typical answers. 1991 Galavia. No, 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 <laughs> definitely not. Um, probably in the vein of a streetcar uh, BMW CSL, like a the Batmobile CSL. I really like those. Okay, so like the 3.0 yeah. CS, whatever. Yeah. All right. I With all the that. wings and stuff, but a streetcar version. I get that. You've got like that, like sort of rocket ship 1950s look to it with late 70s, early 80s kind of silhouette racer. So you're talking the full on like with the wings and the splats and all that stuff on it. Yeah. Like okay. I, I saw a streetcar one at Lime Rock a couple of years ago. And it was silver with the, the M stripes. All right. Well, you've gone pretty obvious on 
the race car one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a similar answer on the race car and go with uh, a street car and go with the 250 GTO. Okay. Do you consider that enough of a street car or is that purpose-built race car that was driven on the street? I don't know. What about like a like a birdcage or something? A birdcage is definitely a race car. Yeah. I mean, they, they, all these cars blur the lines because back then most race cars were also street legal yeah, see, cars. I don't know that much about them because they're so much older. Um, all right. I think I realized I just broke my own rules by saying the GTO because it's A, would be a supercar of the time, and B, would be um, almost a race car. So let me let me erase that and start over again on that question. <laughs> um, I really like, and I think what a, a pretty car that everybody should enjoy looking at would be something along the lines of like, uh, oh, wow, I can't even. We have to come back to this question. I don't have an answer for it. No, I don't think so because there's too much. There's too many cars out there. How do you pick your favorite? I mean that car there, right? This works wonderful on the radio here. No, I'll post yes. a picture of it. Yes, that is the car that I was picturing. You got the wing on the back and the little spats on top of the the air, air air foils on top of the fenders. Exactly. That's a cool looking car. It's over the top completely, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe I'll go with the like Ferris Bueller 250. Versus, okay. Versus the okay. race cars. Because that, that one's much more of a street car. It's a grand touring car. So I, that's what I think. The Ferris Bueller 250. Yeah. But the real car, not the kit car based on an MG. <laughs> yeah. It's still pretty good, though. So that's, that's where I'm going to go with that one. All right. Fair enough. So what else do you have for questions? Let's see. Next question on Instagram. Dexter VW. Tow rigs. What's your take on the perfect one? Sprinter? Big camper? Sorry, big pickup, camper, etc. Well, we had this discussion earlier on when I was looking to purchase a tow rig. Um, Long distance, you like diesel? Yes. Um, however, now that I own my tow rig... For longevity and reliability, longevity and like fuel economy? For fuel economy, so efficiency and reliability and longevity. And just strength, like just yeah, diesel is just diesel. a more heavy duty. Yeah, Um I went with a 2500 HD Chevrolet um, crew cab, six and a half foot bed or six foot bed, whatever, however the hell long it is. It's a it's a big long truck. Um, it's got the made by Isuzu V8 diesel. Yep, um, which they call the um, yeah, great. It's a Duramax. Duramax, thank you. It's my yep. truck, can't remember. Uh, and it has the Allison transmission. I think I still think that's the best combo for long distance because reliability-wise, you can't beat the Allison transmission, and the Isuzu V8 is a pretty stout motor, and it's pretty underutilized in that truck. All they do, all Allison does is build transmissions. Right. So you buy, you know, the best of the best. And it can be serviced anywhere in the United States. Correct. So I still think that's the best combo. However, I have changed my mind, and I, if I went to do it over again, I would find that combo in a van. That va- that combo exists in a van? I I think so. I haven't looked, but I really want a van now that I've done a lot of The hauling. van makes a lot of sense, and what our previous guest Dan was saying is that you can sleep in the back of it. 
Oh, not only sleep in the back of it. And it's basically a rolling tool shed repair shop. Exactly. There's more space for your stuff. Yeah. You know, I found that it's a little harder with the pickup truck because anytime you put something in the bed... It's a theft... uh, It's a a theft risk. You have to be, you know, cognizant of where you're parking it and where you're leaving it and, you know, how far away from it you are and what you're leaving in the bed. And say you don't want to use a closed trailer for a particular trip, you need a place where you can keep stuff. Well, not only that, but if you're towing somebody else's car... Yeah. You really don't want to leave other things in the trailer along with it. Okay. Because there's just a risk that something can come loose and damage the car. So All right. All right. I, I made, I never put anything else in the trailer with the car. It must exist as a rear-wheel drive vehicle only, maybe, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'll have to look it up, but I definitely know I want a van. Um, maybe an old ambulance because they make, you, know, you can buy an old ambulance that's that, that combo. Yeah. And there's a lot of room in the back for an old ambulance, too. That box in the back of an ambulance isn't very aerodynamic though neither is towing the stupid big trailer behind you well so with a van maybe you would be in the slipstream a little bit more your trailer would be i don't know i got pretty terrible gas mileage with a even an empty yeah closed trailer so it cuts the gas mileage in half like yeah. literally in half you know 20 gallon tank i was getting a little over 200 miles out of the tank while towing the trailer whether the trailer was empty or loaded so I was getting about, you know, 11 miles a gallon-ish. I mean, it looks like the picture we used, that was an old moving van. Yeah, she says it's a moving company name on the side of it. Yeah, actually. it's like, I don't know if it bled through the old paint, but yeah, yeah it's, it's still there. Moving Systems Incorporated <laughs> behind Motorsports. So. Yeah. But it was uh, an old U-Haul van or something. I mean, I suppose if you wanted to really save on hotel costs, you could use a camper. I mean, you use a pickup truck, too, if you needed to with that. You get a cap on a pickup truck. Actually, now there's a... Just put a cap on the pickup truck and it solves a lot of those problems. There you go. But at the same time, now if you put something that's too tall in the back of a pickup truck, the cap gets in the way and you yep. can't just take it off. Whereas the van has a much higher ceiling to floor height than the pickup truck does. Yeah, a van is at least like five feet, five and a half. I am. I don't, I don't, a regular know, size I don't van. know specs on the, on the van. I side. just remember from delivering parts in a Chevy van. It's, hey, you, you stand the hood up in the back of the Chevy van. Yeah, and you can't quite stand up. It's like... Five and a half feet, maybe. Right, but you're delivering car parts, and you can stand a hood and a hood box up in the van. You yeah. couldn't do that in a pickup truck with a cap, unless you got one of those big, ridiculous caps. Which nope. Again, you send the fuel mileage. But uh, then the other thing too, you could, you could actually set up like a workbench and stuff in the van, and be able to fix stuff if you had to. Right, and then that thing could fold down, and become a bed. <laughs> yeah, that too. So I, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think that, uh, I, th- I think a van is, is probably the next, the next thing for me. So they did make a Duramax diesel van. Okay. I don't know what, uh, transmission it has behind it, but. It must be the Allison. I'm um, looking right now. It's just, I don't have. The, All right. Know. So the next question, this is also from Dexter VW. I'll allow it. It's a cool question. It says, what is your earliest memory of motorsport? Did that influence your passions? Yes. Okay. Uh, it did influence my passions. All right. What's your earliest memory of motorsport? My earliest memory? Um, definitely going to the inaugural, inaugural race at uh, New Hampshire Motorsports. Well, it's, it was NHIS at the time. Um the first NASCAR race they did there. It was like 1991. So I was probably like, you know, five or six. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Um, 
for a while there, I was really into NASCAR and then discovered that there's other stuff. So then the next thing would be when I was surfing through the channels one time, came across ESPN two, the dose, <laughs> uh, Ocho. It, yeah. and it was, um, they were playing recaps of SCCA pro rally. I don't remember where it was or whatever. And that was what made me go Google search. Well, it probably wasn't Google search at the time. It was probably like AOL search. Right. You, you asked Jeeves what rally was. <laughs> yes. Something like that. Dear Jeeves, what is rally racing? And eventually I ended up finding, um, the main forest rally and then the rest is history. So yes, that's something there. Uh, my first early memories of motorsports are watching the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 with my dad. Uh, cause that was a yearly tradition even before I really got into other kinds of motorsports. Um, you guys used to go all the time, right? Every occasionally we no. my father went all the time. He would go to, um, Daytona all the time. He had tickets every year. Yeah. Um, I only wound up going maybe two or three times. Oh, okay. Um, but my earliest memories are watching that on television with him. Um, that was my only real, you know, exposure to real motorsports. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, it's funny because th- that being oval racing is yeah. what I remember the most. And the other exposure I had was in scale form. My father had a gigantic collection of slot cars. Oh, right. Um, so we had a big slot car road course set up, which was cool. Yep. But the th- my favorite thing I used to do with my father was we used to take all the straight track, extra straight track, and we'd make a giant drag strip the entire length of the house. Yep. So, I mean, it was pretty long drag strip. Um, and we'd have it set up so that we each had our own slot cars, and we'd put them on the track, and the track would have constant power. You had tournaments. Yeah, we have tournaments. And we just, the track would have constant power. We'd unplug the thing from the wall put the two cars in the track and then plug it in. So both cars got the same start. And then there was a little flag that fell on either the left side or the right side, depending on which car tripped it first yep. at the end of the track. So at the end of the thing, we'd see who's ca- who had the fastest slot cars. So my earliest experiences in any kind of motorsports were NASCAR and drag racing. And mm-hmm. I could care less about either of them now. <laughs> hmm. Gee, there is enough room down here for a slot car track. Um, and I got a bunch of it. Due to some sudden changes in uh, my personal life, there might be a slot car track set up there as well at my house. So it's been a while. Can you still buy HO size ones? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They still make all the same AFX stuff we used to get. Do they make any new cars? Yes, they do. Really? Yes, they do. If you look, the diecast that I collect, the one sixty fourth scale Auto Worlds. Yeah. They have a whole section of slot cars. Really? And they release you know four or five new ones every year. I. Love the scale electrics ones. I love the idea of 124th scale ones, mm-hmm. but the Just track is room. so much yeah. bigger that that's Agreed. like, yeah, it's like, man, that um, and the HO stuff that they make now is, um, it's not the stuff that auto world makes is the old school style stuff. So it's pre, you know, Tyco 440 X2 and pre AFX. So the cars are more scale and they like slide around a lot. More. I don't know. 440 X2s were the jam. They were. They were really fast. They're really fast. They're extra magnets. Right. But they were almost, almost anybody could drive them. Scale speed to yeah, 400 four, miles an yeah, hour. Exactly. Um, but the auto world stuff that they make is more like the old Thunder Jets, which was before us. That was like our parents' era of slot cars. I don't even understand how we used to keep track of them on the track. I, I think know. we just. I think you heard them more than saw them. 
No, you always watched in front of where it was going. We got pretty good at it. I mean, I used to have huge tournament races with my dad. We'd have like 50 lap races, and we had a little lap counter that counted down. And mm-hmm. If you don't I'm sure you remember the track that was set up down there, it was... It was pretty it epic. Was, it was a ridiculous level. It was of like an L-shaped. Yeah, it took... It was a ping pong table, and then it went down another, like, five-foot section of yeah. ceiling tiles and, and then horses. Then we set one up in my basement. Yeah, it was pretty epic. So, right. we'll so, get back to that. Uh, and it's remember, a good indoor do, do you remember? Sport. Do you remember our discussions we had back at the beginning of the podcast where we were going to do a... Um, uh, what, a, a, guest, a guest lap and a slot car? Correct. We were going to do, like, you know, the reasons we priced car gag. Yeah. Um, but we are going to do a slot car lap. So I think we should definitely make this happen, especially now that I said it on air, we have to make it happen, because <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So we can have it. every guest that comes in studio can do a timed lap of the slot car course, and we'll have a leaderboard and everything. <laughs> okay. So we'll have one specific slot car that you know, they can all use. So I think it's an excellent idea, to be honest with you. All right. All right. So let's we'll set it up. We have all the tracks. We so. do. We have plenty of slot car track. Cool. So, yeah, but all that stuff is still available, and uh, it's still really fun. I just did a little bit of quick research um, because the Chevy Express van thing was bothering me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they do not offer the 6.6 backed by an Allison in the van. Lame. Uh, it's backed by, up until the present gen, it's backed by the uh, 6L90E. Which is like a four L eighty E as a GM transmission. I don't care but about GM the trans. new ones this year now come with the eight speed automatic that comes in like the Camaro and stuff. Oh, so the get the uh, ZF is it a ZF? It doesn't yeah. even say what it is listed here, but so that's kind of interesting. That's actually a really good transmission. Right, that's in a bunch of vehicles. Like, but that's only when it's backed up to a two point eight liter Duramax inline four turbo diesel. Hmm, which is cool. Yeah. But that's only the brand spanking new vans, which are way out of my price range. <laughs> really? <laughs> so I'm kind of interested in doing a little more research in these vans. Um, I would really like a four-wheel drive van. That would be a good tow vehicle from now on. But one day at a time. All right. So let's see. What, what was that question? Did I answer that already? Did you answer them? Yeah, you answered the motorsports passion question. Oh, yeah. yeah. We went, then we went down Slockar Lane. Yes, and then Dexter asked another question about Don Taylor, but Don Taylor's not here. So it was a little confusing because we had Don Taylor's truck as a picture. Maybe we'll have to think about that in the future and not use known race I, car driver's cars. I, I didn't think that many people would pick up on it. <laughs> nope. Apparently more people did than we expected to. So I just thought it's a cool-looking thing. It is a cool-looking van. I so. needed a picture in a pinch. But now we need to contact Don Taylor because now, you know, the masses have spoken. Hey, we'll get there. But anyway, all right. I got going, a list. <laughs> going to Facebook. You want to ask the first, answer, the, answer the first question? Uh, yeah, this is on the Auto Topic page. Oh, I just lost it, but now I have it. Do, 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 it's do, Steve Booten. He do, says, do, do, is there do, a particular yep. vintage race car that you would be most excited to see at Lime Rock next month? Either a specific vehicle or just to make a okay, model. Before we answer it. Yeah. The, what, what is Lime up, Rock next month? Upcoming event alert so lime rock historics are the end of august so labor day weekend they only race thursday through saturday thursday to friday uh they might do thursday it's definitely friday and saturday august 31st august 31st is the first day of the event okay which is oh you asked me too many questions now (laughs) i don't have a calendar in front of me anyway lime rock never races on sunday 
on uh, Sunday, I believe it is a large concourse. It's, yeah, Sunday Car Show in the Park or something they call yes. it. Yes, or... so they take the entire racetrack, which is a mile or a mile and a half. Uh, it's very picturesque, and they line up all the cars, all the show cars. The, along front, the... the front stretch is the concourse cars. Yep. And then around the back side of the track, they have parking for... Uh, they do it by Mark, don't they? They do it by Mark. So a BMW section, an Audi section, a Porsche section. You know, a Mazda section, so they have that whole thing around the back of the It's track. a beautiful place. And it's a stunningly beautiful place. Summer, uh, yeah. New England in late summer can be extremely hot, but it's also usually really pretty. Um, so anyway, uh, Brad and I are planning on being there, at least on Saturday, to watch the racing. I am planning on doing at least Saturday and Sunday. Um I was actually talking to a friend of the podcast, Al, yep. about towing down his escort. Okay. Because he wants to participate in the concourse with it. All right. So that's uh, possibly happening. So I'll need to be there both days for that, obviously. Okay. So we will be there. If yes. you're in New England, you want to see an awesome event where you see a lot of vintage race cars going yes. door to door because you like weren't... Legitimately door to door. Because you weren't able to go to California to go to... The reunion or pre-reunion, unfortunately. Right. You should come here. Uh, there's good LTE coverage there, so you can message us. I will have stickers. And if you run into me, I will give you stickers. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll probably record equipment, too. Maybe we can talk to some race uh, drivers. And yeah, we'll see if we've got time. We have, we'll do we something. have a few friends down there who will be racing cars, actually. Yeah. Um, Kevin will be there with his... Uh, oh, that's right. His... Um, Formula, Ford. Formula VW. Formula VW, sorry. Yeah. Or Formula V, they call Formula it. Formula V, me. yes. So, and I think, I'm not sure if Rich is going to have his Spitfire down there or not. I know they're prepping it for the event. Oh. So. Okay. He's got a old, almost, I think, since new, it's been a race car since new, cool. Spitfire. So cool. we'll see if they come down there. And they'll so, certainly, and, and Rich, our, the guy we're talking about, is an old race car driver from the 50s. Um, and he's raced everywhere from Sebring to the old Beverly Airport racetrack, uh, and he has some stories. So I hope so, we can get, get in touch with him. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll figure that out. But we'll be there. Come see us. I'll have stickers. Yes. Some people have written in for stickers. I haven't done the second mailing yet. I was waiting for a good amount of people to yeah. do it all at once. Yeah, we'll get that out soon. I'm going to do that this week. And uh, those of you who have, that, who have gotten stickers, we appreciate the posting. Yeah, it's very cool. It's we'll very, sh- very cool. We'll sharing a few of those as we get you know a few more of them in. We haven't so, done that yet, but we will. Let's get back to Steve's question. I forget. What was Steve's question? Oh, yes. What car um, or make or model are we most excited to see at Lime Rock next month? Well, I got really lucky one year and I saw the 2000 GT, both a race car and a street car. Uh, yes, you did. And the year before last was the SLR uh, Mercedes. And the 250TR. I don't even care about that because the SLR Mercedes was there. Not only was it there... Um, but Sterling Moss was there. Yes. Sterling Moss did not drive the SLR around, but he drove the Silver Arrow around. Which, um, to see Sir Sterling Moss in 2015 driving yep. the Mercedes-Benz Silver Arrow at speed around a racetrack is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. That's yeah, it's something, pretty cool. That's something that you would see at um, you know, the Monterey Historics. Exactly. And here it was, here in Connecticut. And I, I just... I. I, yeah, it was goosebumps. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. It's an old school. Lime Rock is an old school track. 
it's literally carved out of the Connecticut Hills in sort of like a bowl. And you have access to everything. Yeah, there's no stands. Nope, the paddock is wide open. Yeah, especially on historic weekend. You you basically, yeah, you only have to buy one ticket and you yep. can walk anywhere. And most of the drivers are there. They're not there for a paycheck. They're there nope. because they enjoy it. They love the old cars. They love the history of the old cars. And if you're patient enough to wait for them not to be wrenching on their old cars, yeah. and you ask them a question, they're almost guaranteed they're going to answer it. And, you know, you can hear them all run. You can see them moving. It's pretty amazing. I've, we keep getting off topic. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a cool event. I've been there twice uh, on two occasions where they've had the Trans Am cars there, and that is the best yes. vintage racing I've ever seen. They race those cars so hard. Yep. Million-dollar cars. And inches apart from each other. Yeah, the Mark Donahue Camaro and the Javelin and the um, you'll get the um, um, the Terralingua Racing Team Mustang. No, yeah, but then there's the uh, it was the silver the Silver Ghost GTO. Is that what I'm thinking of? Was I don't that know there? That car. Um, I feel like I should, but I don't. Maybe I don't know if it was there. I'm, maybe I'm confusing it with the late. There's like a '71 Camaro. With like it's like the B fifty two or something. Shoot! All right, we'll have to this up. We'll have to uh, figure this out later because I don't know what you're talking about. There's the Sam Posey, the Challenger was there, the green one, the green Challenger, the yep. all those iconic the number seventy seven, all those iconic Trans Am cars, and usually yeah, Sam the, Posey is there. Yeah, the part it's his home track. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he used to be in like Marblehead, didn't he? I don't know. He's yeah. he's from the Limerick area, I thought. So yeah, well, he's always local enough. But it's a it's an amazing event. Yes, the Trans Am cars are really fun to watch. I also always enjoy the two-liter class, like the Datsun 510, Alpha yep. GTV, BMW 2002s. Yep, those are good. That's a really fun class to watch. Um, then there's, there are always, bunch, there's, there's, there's always a bunch of vintage yeah. Porsches, and there's always the pre-war stuff is really cool. The pre-war stuff is interesting because I've never been a fan of pre-war cars. Because they're boring when you see them in a concourse. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, the details are really cool. Yeah. It's just not my speed. Um, but then I saw them, like, wheeling around the track at, you know, maybe not 10 tenths, but 8 or 9 tenths. Yeah. And, like, the wheels roll in and out, and the man has to take his hand off the steering wheel to, you know, adjust spark and operate the external brake lever. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a pretty ridiculous yeah, thing a, to watch. It's and, like a two-foot steering wheel, and he's just... Yeah, and, they go, and they, they go into the turns, and, you know, they're doing, like... 35 miles an hour, but the tires are, like, 10-speed tires. So they yeah. get into these, like, you know, little four-wheel drifts in these cars, and all four wheels are leaning in weird directions, and it's pretty amazing to watch. And they run uh, the unchicaned version of Lime Rock. Correct. So yep. full speed up the hill. A lot of the faster cars actually get light going over the top of the hill, and then the, which is really cool to see, too. Yeah, last year they had the replicas of the Lancia. They were the D50s. Okay, Those open wheel cars. Was that, that wasn't there last year. I nope. don't think. Yeah. And then the giant Alpha. I forget the name of it. It was like the just, one with like the twenty-four liter engine in it or something. No, it wasn't the Beast of Turin. Though it was like oh, it was right. a big Alpha though. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was that was yeah, a really cool there car last year. So I don't know what exactly was there, but so. yeah, no, I would say Trans Am cars are the cool thing to watch. I'm not sure if they're going to be there this I year. I think they go every other year. They're probably at. Uh, they're probably out in California this year. I think they go to California every year. I don't know if. Because the events are so close together, I thought they alternated, but... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is there a feature mark this year? I don't even know. I don't know. Well, so what would I be excited to see? What have I never seen? I guess uh, I would be excited to see some 
962s. Like 80s? Yeah, I've never seen them run there, ever. I don't think they do any of those style cars uh, I've seen video of them running when they did the Renfest. Yeah, but it's not the historics. So I don't know if it's a class for anything that, that recent. Um, because I got to see them run when I went to the Walter Mitty at Road Atlanta. Okay. And they ran all the IMSA cars, so like the GTUs and the... Yeah, you're right. I'm not sure if they run anything towards the 80s or 90s. Uh, eventually, they, they're going to have to because those cars are approaching 30 years old now and they are classic cars. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's not so much the age where it's the track, the cars are just animals. <laughs> and they let them run at Renfest. I mean, they... Hmm. They could they could run the chicane version and then just make some like, hey, don't, chicane yeah, somewhere. Don't run as fast. Don't be a dummy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. So I guess that would be pretty cool. Seeing that or seeing one of the uh, the Audi Quattro's, the old IMSA cars. That those, would be, those would be really cool to watch. Again, yeah. now we're back in the 80s, though. I'm not sure. That's what I want to see. I guess yeah. right. So well, yeah, we're we're more into the 80s cars. Little IMSA Mustangs. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be really cool to watch. Actually, any of the IMSA cars, those wide-bodied silhouette racers, pretty yeah. much would be cool right. to watch. All right, so that's what I'd like to but see. But in the same vein of the you know 962s that you're talking about, um, I would pretty much kill you if somebody would run a 787B around there for me. Yeah. Okay. So, it's the same kind of All car. Right. I mean, I probably would kill you, but. I'd consider it. Just they, hear it and watch they it run. probably won't because it's Mazda Raceway Laguna Seca, so that's why they're always there. Correct, but they have run at the Walter Mitty as well. Okay. So, I mean, it, Mazda's not going to stick to their one racetrack. They're going <laughs> to, they bring them on tour, so that would be cool to see if they ever open it up to those classes, those, you know, IMSA GTU mm-hmm. cars. So, I would like to see a 787B. So, yes, that would be my answer. 787B, final answer. Okay. Fair enough. But it won't be there, so I'm just going to go enjoy whatever is there. All right, cool. So after Steve Booten's question, he also asked what days we're planning on going. We already covered that. Um, it's the only question on the Auto Off Topic Facebook page. I shared it to my page. I don't know if you shared it to yours. So. All right. Well, I, you have I've got yours. one question. So Kevin Bates, uh, who just bought a early U.S. Montero. He sent us a picture of it. It's very cool. But a super clean 85 Montero. 85 Montero. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually. Another another Talon Gallant Montero owner. Yeah, he actually yeah. called me last night to go over some questions he had about the car while he was looking at it. Welcome to the uh, cult uh, club. Yep. Uh, so he asked, so what engine swaps are either of you considering for your first-gen Monteros, if any? And we kind of covered that last week, or the beginning of the week. Yes, when I said I would put a... G54B in my car. Yes. In my truck, excuse yeah. me. Um, possibly. And then I was saying how I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to make it run. And then I was promptly harassed by our guest that week. Um, yes. In, maybe harassed is the wrong word, but... Uh, no, encouraged. Guilted? Encouraged. Okay. Encouraged sounds nice. Enabled. Enabled. Yes. I was all of the, all of the above yep. into um, making the attempt. So I think I'll make the attempt. Um, I would love to obviously do, you know, a 3.5-liter MyVec ridiculousness swap. Yeah. But I think for ease of simplicity, if I could maybe get 50% more power out of the car by just dropping in that motor with minimal effort, yeah, I would do the turbo G54B yeah. to replace the turbo fuel-injected G54B to replace the carbureted, worn-out G54B that's in there. 
So that may happen. I could do a 3.5 single cam into my 89 if I was keeping it. That would be the same motor that's in your new truck? Yeah. So it's like mm, like 30 more horsepower. So it's almost not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the new truck, though, a 3.8 swap from a later truck would be pretty good. I mean, that's only a 10 horsepower gain, but mm-hmm. that wouldn't be that. I mean, it's roughly around the same horsepower. Uh, definitely a bump in torque with more displacement. And then, of course, no ticking. Right. Well, obviously, the ultimate swap would be, you know, a Chevy V8, right? Like an LS1. Uh, I would... Or the, uh, or the Mitsubishi 8880. That's a little more ridiculous. If I were to LS swap, anything would be a first gen, I think. I would love to LS swap my truck. A little short wheelbase with an LS yeah. in it would be ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, I I do enjoy that thought. Um, and, I mean, we did have uh, another guest, Alex Grabau, did have a first gen... Short wheelbase of the no, it was a two J or one J, yeah, two J, yeah, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous too. Yep. So, uh, I did post the question on my page. Uh, however, I did it later. That's my excuse. And none of my friends asked me any questions because they're all lame. Uh, Dimitri Alpinski did like it, so thank you for liking it, Dimitri. If you listen to an earlier episode, you'll see how I feel about that. But I'm not going to rebring it up because everybody yelled at me for yelling at our friend, our fans. Um, yeah. So no, no questions on my page. All right. So. So I think uh, I think we'll call that. We're going to wrap it up, Andrew. Yeah, you don't have to listen to us anymore. Well, you don't have to ever have to listen until to us. next episode. So chill. Yeah, to the next episode. That was awful. I'm sorry. I'll never do that again. All right, whatever. All right. So as always, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Vintage Imports of New England. Vintage Imports of New England on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. You can follow Out Off Topic, uh, Out Off Topic Podcast on Facebook, Out Off Topic on Instagram. You can follow me, Race and Anger, on Instagram. And um, keep your cars analog. 